This is Max, and welcome to the Rona System Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about taking charge, about leadership. Now, before I get started, I do want to just say that um, me personally, I I don't really like being the leader. I don't like being in charge, just because I feel like I, I'm I'm better off as I'm more of a lone wolf kind of guy. I'm better off doing things on my own unless I absolutely need a team. You know, I don't mind being on a team, and I don't mind working as a team or taking orders or anything. It's just you know I. I feel like I am better off just being that that section of the team or whatever that's that's more focused on one particular task or just a again a lone wolf kind of person. Um, and really, that's just more my mentality. Now, I don't have issue taking charge, and in fact, you know, there will be situations where I feel like I have to take charge or uh, be the leader. And in those situations, you know, I, I find the best tactic to be the best leader possible is to actually be. A combination of certain things. You know, you don't have to be the best at everything. You just have to be able to empathize with people. You have to be able to be a good friend. And you have to understand everyone's strengths and weaknesses. Or at least be able to to comprehend where their strengths and weaknesses might be. You know, for example, let's say there's a team. There's like a, like a, a project or something that you're working on for, for work or school or whatever. And you're, you're part of the team. And you are the team leader. One of the things that you have to be able to do really is to delegate tasks to people. You have to be able to understand who's better at what and who can do it more efficiently than everyone else and have them do that portion. You know, like let's say someone's really good at uh, creating Excel spreadsheets and you decide to put them on creating like a Word document or creating a poster or something. That's really not that efficient because he should be the one doing the Excel spreadsheet. And let's say someone else is really good at research and you have them do the Excel spreadsheet. It just wouldn't really work out that well. Now, you're going to have situations as well where someone's going to be good at everything or someone's going to be good at, at multiple things. And you just have to understand, you know, who would best be able to tackle that task or complete that task in the appropriate amount of time or with the appropriate amount of efficiency or effectiveness. And aside from that, you know, aside from the whole efficiency part, you also have the part where you have to be able to manage the team very well. You know, certain people, they're going to vibe with each other a lot better than others. And some people, they're just not going to vibe at all. So putting them together wouldn't really work. You know, it's like trying to put pieces of a puzzle together that just don't fit in that one spot. You know, it's going to fit in the puzzle overall, but in that one spot, it's not going to work. And that's really what I mean here. And when you take that coupled with the whole, you know, putting people in their best strengths area, that's really going to make a very efficient team. And then on top of that, you also have to be able to understand the team. You have to be able to communicate with the team in both a, a take charge kind of way, but also in a very empathetic sort of um, familial way, you know, because that's what's going to get the best work out of people. That's what's going to make them shine the most is when you understand where they're coming from and you understand how they think. And that's the main difference I see between being a boss and being a leader, because being a boss, they're just going to have you do whatever you need to do. And then that's it. You know, there's no worrying about how you how you actually do the task or, or how you feel about doing the task or whether or not that task actually is, is draining for you or is actually a benefit for you. You know, a leader is actually going to be able to look at the situation and look at the look at the task or look at the project or look at whatever and be able to recognize that, yes, you are efficient in this task, but maybe it's not the best thing for you long term. You know, maybe you could dabble in something else and then work on work on, you know, building up another skill that you'd be better suited for, you know, personally, not skill wise. Skill wise, of course, you're going to be better in this this certain aspect. So let's say, for example, there's someone that's 
again, really good at Excel, but they just hate the spreadsheets. They hate doing the numbers and they hate doing all that stuff. And maybe they do want to do the poster. Maybe they do want to be a little bit creative, a little bit artistic. So you give them an an ability to actually, you know, continue working on the Excel because that's where they're best at, but also working on the po uh, poster, you know, just being like a background person or an assistant or something and just kind of learning the ropes in that section, you know, so they can build up their skill level in that and then eventually trans transfer over. And of course, you're also going to be thinking ahead of time. You're not going to just be like a boss and just decide, all right, you guys are just going to switch, switch departments or switch jobs. Instead, you're going to have basically that Excel person train up another person while they're being trained so that that creates a bit of an awkward flow but it'll work because then everyone's going to learn the same skills and everyone's going to be able to build up upon each other so that then you know if there is a situation where they need to switch or there is a situation where someone's not available or is no longer part of the team or anything then you won't be left in the dark and now building up on that a big part of what a leader is in my opinion is someone that can actually look at those tasks and be able to at least perform them or you know show someone at a reasonable level how to how to do those tasks you know it doesn't have to be their strength or anything it just they just have to be able to comprehend what the task is they have to be able to understand what is going on in that department in that field so aside from the whole empathy thing aside from the whole understanding strengths and weaknesses thing a true leader also ha is pretty much a jack of all trades. You know, they're able to do pretty much any task that's put in front of them. Maybe it's not that efficient. Maybe it's not the most efficient, but they can at least perform it. And more importantly, they can actually understand the task and comprehend the task to be able to delegate it. They can, you know, recognize what is needed and recognize what isn't needed in that particular uh, task or field or whatever, and then use that to, to put the right person, the right team member into it. And really the easiest example I can think of right now is an MMA fighter. An MMA fighter, they have multiple coaches, they have multiple uh, trainers, but they have one head trainer, head, one head coach that's going to actually bring the team together. You know, a lot of times there's going to be the head coach is, is a specialist. They're going to be someone that's really good at one particular thing, like be it striking or, or strength or whatever. Usually it's striking or, or grappling, you know, jujitsu. But that head trainers, that head coach is going to be able to pick out other coaches. They're going to be able to pick out someone that's really good at striking. They're going to be able to pick out a nutritionist. And they're going to be able to pick out a, uh, a fitness trainer, like a strength and conditioning coach. Because, yes, head coaches typically, you know, most coaches, MMA coaches, have a familiarity and they understand every aspect of the game to be able to delegate those tasks. You know, they're going to be able to look at say a striking coach and, and recognize that his striking is way better than mine it's more technical than mine and on top of that his instruction is better than mine so he should be the striking coach not me and you know i've, I've met a few different uh coaches a few different you know mma trainers and all that and i find the best ones are the ones that not only delegate tasks and like send their fighters over to those specialists or whatever but they also pay attention. They're also in those classes. They're also in those sessions because they want to learn too. And they know that if they can understand it better, then they can better help the fighter. You know, they're, they're in the situations, let's say for nutrition, you know, they go to nutrition sessions with the fighter and they're learning along with them. And then, you know, let's say that nutritionist just isn't available. Then the coach is going to be able to at least give a little bit or, you know, t talk to the nutritionist and say, hey, if you're not here, just give me give me some information that I need. Give me some pamphlets or whatever. Give me some uh, some programs I could use just to help help the fighter. And, you know, a good coach, a good leader, good team leader is going to be able to do that easily. You know, there's no issues with it.
And, you know, that's another aspect of being a good leader, of, of taking charge, because you're not just going to take charge of the situation. You're going to take charge of the future of that situation. You know, you're going to learn from everything that you've delegated out. You're going to learn from every every portion of that assignment, every portion of whatever task you're doing. And you're going to take it all in and then use it to boost up the next time. You know, let's say for this fighter, you don't really know too much about uh, striking. And so you go to the striking classes with the fighter. Right. And you're learning along with them. And then. The next phase, let's say another fighter comes in and you say, all right, this guy needs to work on his striking too. I can help him out a little bit, but I'm still going to use that same coach. And then you keep building up. Let's say by the fourth or fifth fighter, right? You've built up a strong enough base that you can incorporate that striking into your classes. So let's say you're a grappling grappling instructor, right? A jiu-jitsu black belt. And you have fighters, right? And over time, you build up your own striking game so you can incorporate striking into your grappling classes, you know? Let's say when they're doing drills, you know, you have regular class going on. That's fine. That's whatever. But then for those fighters, when they're there, you just let them know that, hey, look, in this situation, you you can strike the guy. In this situation, he can't strike you. You know, certain things like that. And, you know, I remember a couple years ago, just for example, personal example, I love giving these personal examples. We actually had one of my uh, teammates that was getting ready for a fight. And we had a striking coach, super technical guy, super, super solid coach. And he knew nothing about grappling. And so we asked him, hey, look, hey, um, can you can you help us out with the striking, de- uh, striking department? Can, you know, just uh, train this guy up, you know, get his get his hands ready, get his feet ready. And he's like, yeah, but um, I'm going to sit in on some wrestling classes. And we're like, OK, so, you know, about a month later, the striking coach knew enough about wrestling to understand which strikes are going to work better. You know, certain knees aren't going to work as well. The clinch, it it needs to be improved, you know, things like that. He was able to basically take whatever we were working on and build it into his coaching sessions. And that's, that's a, that's a really good head coach right there. You know, he's a, he was a super smart guy and he wasn't even the head coach, but he had the ability to be the head coach because he was able to take that mentality in there. He was able to understand that. I have no technical knowledge in this field. I'm very weak in this field. Yes, they're going to train this guy up, but I need to learn more too so I can help the guy when I'm doing my sessions. And you know, after saying all this, I will say this as well, that there is a big difference between being a leader and being a boss, yes, but there are certain people that can be leaders and certain people that can't. And sometimes those people that can't, they usually just turn into bosses or they just don't assume that taking charge role in the first place. You know, again, a good leader is someone that's going to be able to empathize with their team, someone that's going to be able to understand their perspective. And nine times out of 10, bosses really can't do that. You know, they really can just, they can zone in on what needs to be done, but they can't zone in on how it needs to be done. You know, they can't really figure out what pieces mesh together, whereas a leader is able to do that basically on instinct. You know, they're able to understand that, look, this situation needs very fine tuning, and I can do that fine tuning. And, you know, Life is a very binary system, and a lot of people there are going to say that there's two kinds of people in the world, leaders and followers. But I think there's a third option. I think there's that third set of people that really don't eat, really fit into either section. And I, I just want to call them, let's call them opponents, because they're opposing the leadership skills and they're opposing the idea of being a follower. You know, they want to be leaders, but they can't lead that way. You know, there's the real binary system is leaders and not leaders. You know, those not leaders, they can be followers and they can be um, opponents. And those leaders, they can choose to be leaders or they can choose to be followers. You know, and it's 
it's a very confusing thing to think about, but really it makes a lot of sense because when you have leaders, you know, they're the ones that are going to take charge. They're the ones that are going to be able to empathize with the team and build strong, very efficient, very effective teams. Followers are going to be the ones that follow those leaders and create those teams. They're devoted. They're, you know, they're adherent to those leaders. And then you have the opposite, which is opponents, you know, people that just want to take charge, but don't know how people that want to just control the situation but really don't do it very efficiently. They kind of contort it and twist it in a way. And oftentimes it's very difficult to understand the differences between the opponents and the leaders because those those opponents, they're going to be very vocal. They're going to be very sort of critical and very, um, they're going to really try and undermine leaders in situations where they're not the leaders. They're going to try and take control when they don't have control. And sometimes they're already going to be in control and there's not really much you can do about it. And the easiest way, I guess, to, to spot a true leader and a true opponent is through criticism. You know, it's you have to be very sort of open to challenging them because if you challenge the real leader, the leader is going to accept that. The leader is going to take that and take it as, you know, criticism. They're going to take it as constructive criticism and then work on it. You know, let's say you have a um, your manager and you're you're talking to them and they're they're really just not doing a good job and you approach them. Let's say um you know, the hours are bad and they really just aren't responsive to it. And you just say to them, hey, look, these hours are really rough um, and it's, it's not really working out because why are we here an extra hour, extra two hours when we're not doing anything? And a true leader is going to take that and think about it and say, hey, you're right. I don't I don't know why we're here for an extra hour. I don't know why we're here for an extra two hours. Let me let me try and uh, alleviate that. Whereas a boss, they're just going to say or an opponent, they're just going to say, look, um, work your hours. Um, stop complaining. You know, they're just, they're not going to be acceptive of your criticisms, criticisms, you know, in a more understandable route, let's go back to that head coach, right? And let's, let's say you're in a situation where you feel like your striking isn't as good because the head coach keeps wanting to teach your striking classes, or, you know, they're just, they're too involved with the striking coaches classes. And you say to them, Hey, look, I mean, I understand where you're coming from and you are my instructor. You are my coach, but this guy's a better striking coach and I'm going to need that from him. And a good head coach, a good leader is going to say, you know what? You're right. I don't, I don't know why I was taking charge there. Um, thank you for pointing that out. You know, things like that. They're going to be like, yeah, well, I just want to put in um, a little bit of my time, but I understand where you're coming from and I'm going to take the backseat. Whereas, you know, an opposing leader or a, a boss in a way is going to say, well, I'm the head coach. You're going to do what I say. And if you don't like it, then you can quit. Or, you know, something like that. I mean, probably not that rough, but something along those lines. And thinking about it, sometimes that's just not the right thing to do to criticize your, your coach or criticize your, your manager or whatever. But really, when you when you really, really look into it, it should be okay to do that. It's it's 100% okay to do that, especially if they're a true leader, especially if they're the person that's meant to take charge. Because when you approach them with criticisms, when you approach them in these sorts of sorts of ways, they have to be able to empathize with you. They have to be able to see it from your perspective and understand from your perspective. And that's a true leader. That's someone that's really meant to take charge, really meant to control the situation. And they should be able to, again, delegate what's going on. You know, if the person that they're working on, the task that they're working on, there's troubles with it then they should understand that they should be able to comprehend that, you know, sometimes they can't really see it from a good perspective. And that's why you have, you know, like um, assistant coaches or whatever. That's why you have a uh, assistant managers or whatever, because they're the people that are going to be able to come in and say, look, 
you're doing a great job, but here's where you have some some holes in your game, or here's where you have some some holes in in what's going on here. You know, here's where you're not doing your the right job, or, or doing a good job, or the best job. You know, and that kind of person, they can take charge as well. They they should be able to take charge as well. But sometimes they're just going to be good followers. You know, good followers going to be again devoted and adhered to the leaders. They're going to be able to look at the situation just like the leader. But not really take charge, you know. They're going to be able to see that situation and, and correct it in certain ways. They're going to be able to specialize certain things, or, or you know, fix certain things, or, or um, amend certain things. And again, here's where the lines are blurred between a leader and a follower, because yes, both of them they have to be able to to take a take charge of the situation and look at it differently, or you know, amend certain things, or be a specialist in certain areas. But a follower is also going to be a great advisor. And advisors typically get confused with leaders because they're able to, you know, do very similar things to those leaders, but in a take command role, you know, in the head role, they just don't really perform as well. You know, maybe they're not as charismatic, maybe they're not as empathetic, maybe they just can't, they can't be vocal about what they think. They can't be, you know, have a take charge attitude, you know, very aggressive sort of upfront attitude that a leader really needs. And you know, thinking about it now, I think it's actually more of a spectrum. You know, I, I always kind of point out two things: you're either this or that. But again, it's just going to be on this spectrum system. You know, some people are going to lean more towards being followers, and some people are going to lean more towards being leaders, or they're going to be on you know, kind of like an opposite parallel spectrum of some. Sometimes they're going to be leaning more towards being a leader, and sometimes going to be leaning more towards a boss. You know, that kind of kind of weird flow where you're this or that, but you're also a combination of this or that. If you get what I'm saying, and while I do feel like we all land on one end or the other, there are ways to kind of push yourself in a certain direction. You know, if you want to be a better leader, if you want to be sort of like a better manager, a better supervisor, or whatever, you really you have to be a better leader. And to work on that, you know, aside from the whole skill gaining thing, which is pretty easy to do, you also have to be sort of you have to have a student mentality. You have to have this mentality that you're not the greatest, and that you have to work on that. You know. Again, going back to my mantra, be the best you that you can be, and that's really going to help you be a leader. Because when you be the best, when you're trying to work on being the best you, you're going to work on every aspect of your life. And on top of that, you're going to work on being able to empathize with people. You know, I feel like that's one of my biggest issues is empathy. Because most times, I have a very kind of challenging time comprehending how people feel about certain things. You know, I can understand people's strengths and weaknesses. But I can't really approach it in a very sort of friendly, not aggressive way.、Um, I do have a very aggressive tone most of the time, and it's not because I'm just an aggressive person. It's just because I don't really understand tone,、um, and I I feel like it's more than my empathy issue because empathizing with people, you know, empathizing with their emotions or however they're feeling, it's it's challenging for me. And to work on that, it's just more social interaction. It's more time spending talking to people, more time spending. Trying to understand people's lives, trying to be able to, you know, approach the approach life in a different way, see it from a different perspective. I think that's my biggest issue, and that's something I'm working on now to be a better leader, to lean myself more in that direction. And now looking at it from the other end, because there's going to be situations where you run into, maybe you do want to be the leader, maybe you do want to take charge, but there's someone that can do it better than you, and you have to be okay with that. So you have to be sort of leaning yourself more on the spectrum towards being a follower, and to be a good follower. You don't really need the empathy portion, because、um, I find myself being a good follower. I find myself 
being able to pay attention to people's directions better. But I also understand that if necessary, I can help that leader improve their abilities. I can help that leader take more control, you know, or at least, you know, you're not, not really take control in a bad way, but take charge. And, you know, I can be that advisor role. I can be that sort of that confidant for them. And, you know, if necessary, I can be the one that gives criticism because there's going to be certain people that just feel like it's there. It's not the right place for them or they don't really have the voice for it. I can be that voice. You know, I can be the one that communicates with the rest of the followers or rest of the team and sort of brings it all together for the leader, you know, help the leader and sort of boost him up. Sort of being like um, almost a team of leaders inside the larger team, which seems kind of weird, but that's really how it should work. You know, you're going to have, I'm, I'm that assistant manager role for the manager sort of thing. And aside from that, aside from all this, usually a leader is also going to be able to recognize people that are really good at certain things, specialists. And those specialists, maybe they can be really good. You know, maybe they can take charge in certain aspects, but in other aspects, they're just not as good. And you as a leader, you have to be able to recognize that. And as a follower, you have to be able to recognize that as well. Because maybe you're that specialist. You know, let's say going back again to that MMA coach. And let's say you're the MMA coach and you're the head coach, right? You're the one that's really knowledgeable and everything, but isn't exactly a specialist or whatever. And you understand, you know, who's who's good at what and who's good where. So you can delegate certain things. And let's say I'm the striking coach or I'm the grappling coach, right? And I'm a specialist in that field. And I'm going to be able to recognize that. I'm going to recognize that, look, my other parts of my game just aren't as good. So I'm going to keep working on this part. And let's say the head coach has certain classes, you know, just like a full general class. And I can jump in and say, look, you know, this is this is what you can show. This is what uh, how you can show it. Or, you know, I could just be the one showing that showing that class and have the head coach be a part of it. You know, just like two instructors in that one class. Or let's take it in another direction. Let's say I am a specialist in striking or uh, jiu-jitsu, but I'm not that good of an instructor, right? Let's say I'm really shitty as an instructor. I, I know my techniques, right? I know how to do them, but I don't know how to teach them. And there are a lot of people out there like that. There's a lot of instructors out there like that who are teaching classes, but they really just aren't that good at being instructors. They're really great competitors, no doubt, but they just aren't the best instructors. So let's say that's me. Let's say you're teaching your class, right? Let's say you are the head coach, but you're also the jiu-jitsu instructor, right? And then I can be the one that's a part of the class, right? I can be the one that's not really showing technique, but at least applying it. I can be the one that, you know, during the sparring sessions, during the roles, I can be the one that helps that MMA fighter. You know, I'm, I'm the one that's constantly with them, constantly pushing them because I'm the, I'm a really good competitor and I can help them out in that way. Right. And I understand that, you know, I'm not going to be one wanting to teach classes, even though I, I feel like I'd be a good instructor. I can recognize that I'm not a good instructor, so I'm not going to do it. Right. So I guess the full takeaway from this is that spectrum. You know, you can be either a leader or a follower, or I guess it's more of like a triangle spectrum, a leader, a follower or an opponent, you know, the boss. And you never want to be that boss because that person is just I feel like they're they're usually pretty toxic. They're more on the toxic side of the situation. They're going to be sort of uncooperative in certain situations where they aren't in charge or they're going to be pretty sort of tyrannical in a way. Um, so you do want to be more of a leader, right? The leader is the one that's going to be able to empathize with the team, be able to delegate what tasks need to be done by who. They're going to be able to recognize strengths and weaknesses, but they're also going to be the one that can participate in everything so that in certain situations, if need be, they can be that portion of the team or they can understand who needs to be better in that portion of the team, right? Whereas a follower, 
kind of same thing. You know, they're going to be able to look at situations and and recognize, you know, what's going on. But they're also going to be able to take orders. They're going to be able to follow directions, and they're going to be able to be an advisor, be a be a counselor for that leader. You know, they're going to be the ones that are really devoted and really adherent to those leaders, and they're going to be the ones that are pretty approachable by the other followers. You know, so that they can work together and build up. A strong base for that leader. You know, they're going to be the ones that can be critical of the leader and help the leader out. So the thing I want to point out, after all, after saying all this, is that you're going to end up somewhere on that spectrum. And I think for the to be best you that you can be, you do want to find out where you are. And if you want to, you know, you can work on pushing yourself in either direction on that spectrum because most of those skills they can be learned. Most of those attributes. They can be learned. They can be obtained. You know, everything in this life is attainable. You know, you you can work to gain it. You know, nothing is impossible. So you you know, if you feel like you want to be a leader, then you need to work on those certain skills. If you feel like you're better off as a follower, as an advisor, then you need to work on those certain skills, right? You need to be able to look at things from different perspectives. And I think that's all I'll say on that.、Um, and you know, I just want to go into my whole spiel here. Thank you guys for listening.、Um, and if you guys are regular listeners. Thank you for the continued support. If you guys are new and you want to hear more, feel free to subscribe. You know, it's I try and post every Monday,、um, and I may I may start posting a little bit more if I have the time or the you know the inspiration. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck.